Jesus Christ's soon and coming return could happen at any moment. Prepare yourself by reflecting on God's blessings, worship, and repent. We're close to the holiest day on God's calendar, the Day of Atonement. Dr. Rod Parsley has an exclusive email teaching series prepared just for you. Ramp up your preparation and enrich your spiritual life. It's our free gift to you. Reserve yours today by phone or go to rodparsley.com. Listen, it was a somber day. That high priest knew if he went in there without the proper atonement, he would die in the holy presence of God. A somber day, a day of fasting. A somber day. A day of humility. A day of deep, deep repentance for the sins in the old covenant of that year. God is a God of season, timing. Our calendar is not uh, like God's calendar. God's calendar is a lunar calendar. Our calendar is what we call a Gregorian calendar. Our calendar is based on the sun. God's calendar is based on the moon. I want to share with you that first of all, there are two main divisions of feast, spring and fall. There are three divisions of those feasts, Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. Passover has three feasts. Pentecost, 50 days later, has one feast, and then way in the fall of the year, separate from the other two, Tabernacles has three feasts. So in total, there are seven feasts. There are three divisions, and there are two main sections, spring and fall. Now let me remind you that the fall festivals on the Hebrew calendar begin in September on our Gregorian calendar. The first three feasts occur in approximately April on our calendar. Pentecost occurs in late May, early June. The fall feast then take a long jump, you see, all that way into the fall of the year. They're called the latter rain. That vast leap in time parallels a vast leap prophetically. The spring feasts are about redemption, deliverance, God's provision, the revelation of God given to the Jewish people. The fall feasts had a heavier tone to them, a tone of, here it is, here it is, a tone of revival by repentance, a tone of awakening through the presence of God, God's judgment, ultimately God making all things new. That's the season we're in right now. Now, the great difference between the spring feast and the fall festivals, they're called Moedim, the celebrations of God, the parties of God. The spring festivals, Passover, Feast of Passover, Pesach, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits, and Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot. Those feasts were historically fulfilled by Jesus of Nazareth. 
in the life of Jesus. And, and then the coming of the precious Holy Spirit right there symbolized on the day of Pentecost, historically fulfilled. But the fall feast over here in the fall where we are right now have yet to be fulfilled historically. So let's start at the beginning of them. Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. The first fall feast is the Feast of Trumpets or the Day of Noise. The Jewish New Year's Day, Trumpets. It begins the 10 days of awe, self-examination, repentance. He withdraws his presence in a sense during those 10 days of awe to create in our hearts a hunger to abandon everything else and pursue the holy presence of God. You know, we can't seek God unless he first puts the desire to seek him in our hearts. David said so. Psalm 27, 8, when you, God, said, seek my face, my heart responded, your face, O Lord, will I seek. So for 10 days, we were to clear the stage of our lives. We were to sanctify ourselves, set ourselves apart, crush the idols in humble repentance to press in with utter abandonment to the presence of God through prayer, through praise, through worship. And then on Rosh Hashanah, God opens the books. Now it's not the book of life and it's not the Bible. It's called the book of account. There, God records the righteous or the wicked actions of a man or a woman for a year. That book is opened at Rosh Hashanah and then for 10 days, God judges from it. And then he seals it today on Yom Kippur for another year. So the days of all those 10 days that we've just come through, our time of introspection, searching our hearts, search my heart, O oh God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen, where did we get away from the message of repentance? A very, very wise man said, you can stop repenting when you stop sinning. Well, the first message, and repentance is not a bad thing. The book says repentance, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. God wants to take off you what the world put on and put back on you what the world took off. That's what repentance is all about. It was the first message of John the Baptist, Matthew 3, verses 1 and 2. It was the first message of Jesus of Nazareth, Matthew 4, 17. We're to look at ourselves, not our neighbor, and then earnestly, being honest with ourselves, seek the face of our holy and wonderful God. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us then come with confidence, watch, to the throne of grace, there to obtain mercy 
and find grace to help us in the time of our need. Calvary, you understand. That angry, mean, biting being. That horrible rail. That unspeakable, awful tree was the price paid for you and for me to have access to the face, not of an earthly monarch, but of the king of the universes and all that in them is. The days of all remind me that our deepest desire must become. Oh, hear me, church. You want revival? If our number one priority must be to live in purity, to live in holiness before God. Hebrews 10.31, right here in your Bible, says it is a, why doesn't anybody preach this? It is a fearful thing. Now, this is in the book of Hebrews. To fall into the hands of the living God. Oh, that he might purify us. Oh, that he might wash us. Oh, that he might cleanse us. Oh, that he might come upon us in overwhelming glory. That he might burn the chaff out of us. That he might resurrect within us the Holy One, the Lamb of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to be as Job in the oldest book in your Bible, to eschew evil, not to, not to desire any part with it. I want to be part of that bride, don't you? That bride of Christ, who according to the book of Revelation chapter 19, has made herself ready. Hold on. Did it say God had made her ready? No, no, no. God provides what's necessary for us to do. The bride made herself ready for the wedding of the Lamb. Rosh Hashanah, according to the ancient Jewish sages, is a day of the coronation of our God in our lives as sovereign monarch, king of all kings including the kings that live in the castles of our hearts, both on a personal level, a national level. So on that day, a blast from the shofar is meant to shake the people of God awake. Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen. I feel his anointing is risen upon you. People of God must awake, awaken, and honor the living God Almighty as the absolute sovereign king of not only the universe, but of our own personal lives. That's what this time is all about, about prophetic insights say. Watch now. I believe with all my heart that Jesus will come for his church during that fall season. There it is, the fall season of tabernacles 
sometime during those three separate feasts, we are right in the middle of it right now. Now, if he doesn't come, he gives us another promise. And you say, well, you say you're, you're going against the Bible. You say you know the, the, when Jesus is coming. Well, I do know when he's coming. He's coming in an hour that we think not. Secondly, I do believe that we can know the season. Not the day, not the hour, but the season. This is the only season not historically fulfilled. We're still waiting on the trumpet blast and the trump of God shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up into the air to be with the Lord, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Are you with me? Yom Kippur, or the great day of atonement, is outlined over in Leviticus chapter 23. I won't go through the whole thing. It's the sixth of the major feasts of God. It's the one day of the year in which the high priest of God was permitted to enter into the Holy of Holies in the temple, there to make an atonement for the sins of God's people. Listen, it was a somber day. That high priest knew if he went in there without the proper atonement, he would die in the holy presence of God. A somber day, a day of fasting. A somber day. A day of humility. A day of deep, deep repentance for the sins in the old covenant of that year. Well, in Leviticus 16, God gave detailed instructions as to how Aaron, the high priest, was supposed to enter into the Holy of Holies and make atonement for the people. The message that God conveyed is in your Bible and mine, Leviticus chapter 16. Here's what it was. He is holy, God. Therefore, he desires for his people to be holy. God wanted his people to understand the difference between the holy and the profane. Do we? between profane, ungodly, occult cultures, demonized societies that surrounded his people and God's own kingdom culture. There can be no mixture. There can be no amalgamation of the two. Yom Kippur, the great day of atonement, celebrating that we have access into the presence of God no longer to rely on the blood of bulls and goats and their sacrifices and the veil in the temple or on the purity of some high priest who goes, you know, trembling into the presence of God one time a year to kind of stay our sins for a year. No, 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 no. Thanks to Jesus, our great high priest, we have access to approach the throne of his grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4, 16, the day of atonement has become an atoned for life that never ends 
for God's new covenant people. Well, the question that I'm just about to pose is simple, it's direct, (laughs) and it's paramount. So listen very closely. How much do you long for the presence of God? During this season, at the head of the year, the beginning of the year on God's celestial calendar, he withdraws to some degree from the immediacy of our situation. Did you catch that? Of course, it's still true. God will never leave us or forsake us, but he desires so much to know if you and I will seek his face. He certainly doesn't want to be an intruder into your life. Will we honor the fact that he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son as our atonement through the redemptive power of his cross? Will we celebrate that when we are weak, Jehovah, Isus Hakaboth, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle, is there to lift us up. Our natural response should certainly be a praise of great thanksgiving with our hands raised heavenward and a sacrificial atonement seed in each of our worshiping hands. Would you seek the Lord regarding this year's atonement seed? If you'd normally come before the Lord with a $50 seed, let me encourage you, take a step of faith and double it. And then watch God double his blessings in your life. Or you could sow a $100 seed, $50 in each hand, or $100 in each hand, and sow a $200 atonement seed by faith, sown with expectation of God's promised double portion outpouring of the seven blessings of atonement. The Day of Atonement this year is Sunday, September 24th. So don't put it off. And I know you have a burning desire in your heart to honor the Lord on this most holy day of the year. For some, it's perhaps an uncommon atonement offering of perhaps $1,000. This is the time to sow at the head of the year and believe for your entire family to have their sins washed away, to be blessed and delivered from everything and anything in their lives that didn't come from him. This is your portal of opportunity. It only comes our way one time every year. So I encourage you, Pick up that phone, it's right there next to you, it always is, there's mine, I knew it was here. Or you could use your phone or just rush your check in the mail to me. 
or even more advantageous to you, just log on, rodparsley.com. You say, Pastor, you seem almost jovial. I am when I remember the Day of Atonement when the Lord gave His Son for every single one of us. I want to place your commanded offering on our altar as we celebrate together God's holiest day of the entire year, September 24th. The cross and the blood, it's our everlasting provision and cleansing stream. It's at the cross where we lose all our guilty stains. The Great Day of Atonement, September 24th, honors God's great love and provision. We can never repay the price paid for redemption, but we can honor God with our very best atonement seed. When you sow a seed of $1,000 or more, this elegant atonement flame is our gift to you. This one-of-a-kind work of art is a meaningful reminder of Jesus' unending love for you. Red glass and black crystal combined, beautifully engraved with the lyrics from The Cross, The Blood. Obey God's instruction to not come before Him empty-handed at Yom Kippur. For an atonement seat of $100 or more, Dr. Parsley's gifts to you include the brand new four-disc message set, The End of the Age. This prophetic series is particularly timely and will help you experience this wonderful feast season in all its fullness. The book, The Finale, is also included to help you keep a watchful eye on end-time events. For your atonement seed of any size, we'll send you this beautiful 16-month calendar, Blessings of Obedience, gorgeous depictions of the Holy Land with inspirational scriptures. Sow your double portion atonement seed of $50, $100, or $1,000 or more before Sunday, September 24th. The end of the age is close at hand. This could be your final atonement offering. So please call or visit rodparsley.com. If Jesus does not return for his church during the season that we're in right now, the season of tabernacles, some year, if you don't get anything else, get this. Then he promises in Joel chapter 2 to release seven blessings in double portion. Number one, the double portion blessing. Number two, Joel 2.24 a financial breakthrough. Joel said, and the floors will be full of wheat and the vats will overflow with wine and oil. But you have to expect it. You have to believe for it. Joel 2.25, number three, restoration. I'll restore to you the years the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army that I sent among you. Everything you've lost is scheduled to come back. Number four, Joel 2.26, provision of miracles. This is the season of miracles. You will eat in plenty and be satisfied. You will praise the name of the Lord your God, he who has dealt wondrously with you, and he said, my people will never be ashamed. Number five, 
Joel 2, 27, the promise of his presence. Now, that one would be enough just by itself without the other six. It would be enough by itself without a double portion on it. But here's what you're supposed to be expecting right now. The promise of the presence of God. You will know that I am in the midst of Israel, that I am the Lord your God and none else. And you will never, never, never be ashamed. Number six, Joel 2.28. You're about to have a breakthrough for you and your family. It's right there in that verse of scripture in Joel chapter two. And number seven, Joel 2.32. You will have deliverance. What's binding you? What's holding you back? What seems to have a hold of you that you can't make let go? Get ready. This is the time. Yom Kippur, right on through the rest of the Feast of Tabernacles. It will come to pass, says the Lord, that whosoever will just call on the name of the Lord will be delivered. When? Right now. Well, if for any length of time you've been an active participant and viewer in this daily ministry, you've heard me say that the vast majority of Americans believe in heaven, but only a very small percentage, 4%, believe in hell. Well, if hell isn't real, then why does our holy and merciful God place such an emphasis on the importance of the atonement? It's an issue central to the very character of the God we serve, that in his love and provision, he made a way where there was no way, a way out because of our sin, because of our unrighteousness. This is the message the next generation must hear. I'm believing God for the greatest revival America has ever witnessed among children and young people. I'm under a heavy and weighted burden to see them come to Christ. Doesn't matter what the devil has to say about it. It's about to be under the blood. If this is your day of decision, the day you make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, make your phone your public place of confession. Just dial the breakthrough prayer line right there on your screen, anytime, day or night. A caring and compassionate friend at the other end of the line will pray with you and you begin a brand new path that leads to eternity in the presence of God. Now allow me, if you would, to send you my free booklet. It's called New Direction. I know it'll be a blessing to your life. I'll be praying for you all week long as I do every week and I look so forward to seeing you right here next time on Your Breakthrough. 
If you prayed along with Dr. Parsley, we want to help you make it all the way to your heavenly destination. New Direction is a helpful and free roadmap. Each page will help keep you headed in the right direction every day. Your new life full of hope and promise. Please ask for New Direction by calling 24 hours a day or when you visit rodparsley.com.